everybody. Welcome back to the Covenant Eyes podcast. So glad to have you back with us. It's Karen. He's Rob. Hey, Rob, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing good. Except yeah. for the snow outside, but other yeah. than that, doing well. Yeah. yeah, but Michigan Michigan won, so, you know, you'll be oh, all right. I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a state girl, but, you know, for this kind of circumstance, I'll... I'll I'll lean into Michigan. <laughs> Everybody likes a winner, right? <laughs> That's right. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for today's uh, show. We've got an old friend joining us again to to talk with us a little bit about a lot of great things going on. So do you want to get an introduction going, Rob? I do. I'm excited for uh, for our next guest here. Uh, our guest today is Jonathan J.P. Uh, Pakluda. Uh, Jonathan is a lead pastor at Harris Creek Baptist Church in Waco, Texas, and uh, he's also a, a best-selling author and podcaster and uh, all-around great guy. So, Jonathan, welcome to the Coming hey, Nice podcast. So glad to be here. All-around great guy. I'll take it. And Rob, why do you hate snow? That's what I'm. I'm sitting here wondering. I'm like, what's, what's the What's the what do you have against the oh the winters just get a little long here in Michigan sure, that's all sure well you can come to <laughs> come to Texas for the summer and I think have I your might feel of to. that too so <laughs> no good well hey uh, JP tell us uh, for our listeners just a little bit about, about your background and uh, what you're doing now and uh, some of the things you've got going on yeah so I um, well ministry wise I would. I led a ministry in Dallas for uh, about 12 years called The Porch. It was a young adult gathering uh, there in Dallas. And um, then that was at Watermark Community Church where I, I got to pastor there, the Dallas campus. And I was there for 12 years, as I said. And then five years ago, the Lord called our family to Waco, Texas, uh, to um, get to serve with a 150-year-old Baptist church in the country outside of yeah. Waco. And so we've been here and yeah, like you said, I've had the privilege of writing some books and just really have a heart to help people. I am a guy who's made a ton of mistakes along the way, bumped my head uh, on a lot of ceilings and paid a lot of dummy tax and just kind of saying, all right, don't, you know, learn, you can learn from your own mistakes or you can learn from mine and um, trying to help people learn from my mistakes, trying to redeem some of those mistakes along the way. So I think that's why we're here. Absolutely. Well, we're in good company because I think we've all been down that road. We've made lots sure. of mistakes, but you know, it's it's amazing. You know, it was funny in preparation for the interview. I was just kind of checking out some of your recent sermons because I'm a big fan. I I don't know if you can say fan of a pastor, but I love yeah. your sermons. They are inspiring and they Praise they God. really speak and they speak to uh, you know all demographics. But my my kids, my younger twenty somethings, love listening to your sermons. They have home churches, but on the weekends, you know, when we're in the car, we're driving around or if I'm visiting them, you know, we can listen to those and get inspired. But one particular sermon that you had, I think it was back in September, um, it was titled The War for Your Soul. Okay. You had a really interesting seg segment in there um, talking about a trip that you uh, took to a college campus where they asked you to come speak. Yeah. And it was really profound to me because it really speaks to the state of our young people right now. And I was wondering if we could dive into that a little bit and just talk about that experience um, when you went to that college and kind yeah. of, you know, how that went. Yes. Yeah, so I was invited to, um, Auburn university and didn't really know exactly what I was, was getting into, but they had asked me to speak on sexual sin and specifically, uh, a passage in first Thessalonians chapter four. And this was a sermon that they had heard that I did like eight years ago. 
And so I didn't even remember the sermon, but I I went back and tried to get my my heart around the passage and and you know prepared to teach. And it's a tough passage because it, you know it ends with you know God is the avenger of such things and uh, talking about sexual sin. And so I you know went there, preached that message. There ended up being six thousand college students that came. We filled a you know God filled an arena there at Auburn University. And um, afterwards, uh, 200 students wanted to get baptized and over 200. And it wasn't, you know, I wasn't the only one speaking passion led worship. Uh, Jenny Allen spoke as well, gave an amazing message. But what I heard in that, in that pond was, you know, the students were saying, I just want to be clean. I just want to be clean. So there wasn't like we were just like rapid dunking a bunch of college students. There really was 200 gospel conversations in the water because I, I kept saying, hey, this water's not going to clean you. You know, this is dirty water. It's got mud in it and fish in it. And it was here last week and it's going to be here next week. And and uh, and and honestly, you're going to be dirtier when you get out of this water. It won't clean you, but but only the blood of Jesus and so we really were clarifying the gospel and making sure they had an understanding of the work that Jesus did on the cross and the empty tomb before they they went in. And so it's just this beautiful encounter with the Holy Spirit. And uh, it, it was all a vision from a friend of mine, Tanya Pruitt, who is the wife of of the assistant basketball coach there. And she just had this vision for um, you know wanting to see God move in this way, specifically because she was encountering so many stories of people in bondage to sexual sin. And so she was like, hey, this is what you need to speak on. And, uh, you know, I had my doubts uh, as far as the topic goes, but God seemed to move in and through that. And that's a big part of my story. You know, I didn't back up that much, but was raised in the church, didn't go to church in college, and really like thought God is the sheriff in the sky that just wants to get me, you know, for doing wrong. Well, college was this concentration of sexual sin. I mean, really just feeding sexual addiction in way of uh, pornography and serial dating and all of, you know, strip clubs, everything. And, and uh, had just, when I came out of college was really just a, a mess of, of perversion in, in my thought life and my thinking and, and um and my my own addiction and so um i when i became a christian shortly thereafter i was at a club someone invited me to church i went hung over long story short surrendered my life to jesus and then and then found recovery began to have people confess sin have people pray for me and found healing and so god has really grown a ministry out of that that mess or he's, at least he's given me a message out of that mess Wow, that's that's excellent. One of the things that stuck out to me in in that sermon that that you delivered there at Auburn was was an analogy you used about how college students are really drowning in you know their sexual sins and in pornography. Then you talked about somebody who you know a young person who maybe fell into a pool and yeah. was about to drown, but yet they wouldn't call out for help. Can you uh, yeah. kind of share that a little bit? That yeah, I told the story of, of, you know, we we had a pool in Dallas and um and my daughter uh fell in when before you know before she could swim and and just like the the flailing it's if you you know it's a horrific image mental image but just her flailing and screaming for help and I said you know it would it would be crazy and then as a loving father right I'm I'm not sitting there thinking about what to do I'm not like oh man I've got my iPhone in my pocket I really don't want to get wet you know, it's just like, I'm just rushing to her as fast as I possibly can. And, 
And it would be crazy if she was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to try to pretend like I'm not drowning. I don't want anyone to know that's really embarrassing. You know, it's really embarrassing to, to be drowning. It's I don't want people to know I can't swim. So how can I drown silently? And I see so many people do that with pornography and sexual sin as they think, you know, I need to manage perception. I don't want anyone to know how I'm struggling. How do I do this, this privately and quietly? And, um, and really what you're missing out on is, is grace, like the grace of the gospel, the grace of God, that we have a father that when we say, I need help, help, can you help me? that he he doesn't think about it he's rushing toward us he's jumping in that pool he's 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 pushing us to the side into safety he's breathing life into us and giving us cpr and so yeah i mean that that's the the mental image that i think about is just like if you hear this and you're stuck in sexual sin you've got to tell people you know tell someone until they help you and it's like and and the other thing that that young people do, they're like, oh, well, I did tell someone. It was like Presley, if someone did walk by our fence and thought, oh, maybe she's just playing, you know, I'm not going to help her. It's not like she would give up in that moment and be like, all right, well, then I'm going to stop yelling for help. It's like, no, you're going to yell for help until someone rescues you or you die. And in the same way, it's like we need to we need to ask for help until someone comes alongside us and says, all right. Let me walk alongside you in recovery until you're safe, until you're free. That's so good. And I think there's there's so much to be taken from that. But, I, you know, a lot of people aren't in a place yet where they're ready to even ask for help. Yeah. And as a pastor, I mean, you preach you preach quite frequently on this topic, which is amazing because a lot of pastors won't touch this topic with a 10 foot pole. They're they're afraid to kind of go too deep into this topic. And I'm not sure why. Um, so it, how do you use that, the pulpit to really reach people to, to help, you know, inspire them and, and hopefully the Holy spirit moving in them to really convict them of their sin and, and address it. Yeah. You, let me just say this. you you don't, you're not going to be ready. And so like, if you wait until you're ready, you're going to wait for a long time. And, and I find a lot of, I say that a lot in ministry, cause it's not just about sexual sin. Um, I mean, sometimes it's about dealing with conflict. Hey, am I ready to have the conversation? I just, I think we have a false concept of what it means to be ready. Uh, often we think, well, if it's, if it, when it's comfortable, uh, when it doesn't feel awkward, when it's not hard, when it's not difficult, then, then I will. Well, that's, that's a, that's a farce. It's a, it's a false idea. It's false thinking. We, we always have to take courageous steps before we're ready. If, if, we were ready, it wouldn't require any courage. And so I think to to live out James 5, 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you might be healed for the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. I don't think James, I think James is calling us to courageous confession, not only do it when you're ready. So let me just like start with that. I also want to highlight in James that he's saying that there is a healing that only takes place with confession and prayer. And so for that person who is continually stuck in this, like they feel like like a dog to his vomit, the proverb says, they continue to fall into sexual sin, trip up in sexual sin to that. And they're like, hey, I can't get well. I don't know what's wrong. I mean, I would just say, well, th- listen, there's scriptures telling you that there is a, there is a sin that it, you won't be free of. You will not be healed from without prayer and confession. And so just like, no, that may be the only path. 
is prayer and confession toward recovery and you, you have to do it frequency frequently rather and then just in regards to talking about it as a pastor it's like man I, listen there's a lot of ways to make money today okay lots of jobs out there you know and and lots of things that i could do uh vocationally i went into ministry because i want to help people and so the way that i help people today is by speaking the truth and love to them and and i don't want what i don't i'm not an entertainer i'm not a comedian or or a magician or you know just someone up there giving a monologue like i am teaching the very words of god and and expounding upon exegeting expositing the words of god and and so the the scripture has a lot to say about sexual sin and addiction and lust and and so as i teach the full wisdom of god like i've got to address these things that the scripture teaches and it's like why would we not and i and i'm baffled that we would be afraid or reserved uh from from doing that when it is a path to freedom and so i just yeah i think it's necessary so jonathan i want to you've written a few different books i think three or four um but your most recent uh why do i do what i don't want to do, I believe is a, the most recent. Um, tell us a little bit about why you wrote that and what that's all about. Yeah. in you know, so that, that title is plagiarized from the apostle Paul sure. in Romans seven. Um, you know, why do I do what I don't want to do? And just every, so many people can resonate with that. Like, why do I do what I, there's these things I can tell you right now, I don't want to do them. And yet, I, I continue to return to them. I know there's there's death there, and I continue to pursue it. Uh, but the the book is really separated in in vices and virtues. And so vices are these addictions, these sins that we continue to find us in ourselves in. And then virtue is the counterpart of those sins. The easiest one to kind of highlight is is pride and humility. And so you would think. You could say, I'm going to try to not be prideful. And then you're you're on defense. You're constantly thinking, okay, how do I not be prideful? How do I not be prideful? How do I not be prideful? The, the case that I'm making with this book is if you would pursue hum humility, so if you would say, rather than trying not to do this, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go on offense and I'm going to seek to be humble, truly humble and to live a humble life and to pursue humility, then, then pride's going to die. Uh, it's it's going to die off. And so rather than just trying not to be prideful, you can actually, there's something that you can do offensively to find freedom. Well, on the topic at hand with lust, you know, the counterpart, it's it's chapter five in the book is self-control. So if I, if rather than I'm going to try not to lust, I'm going to try not to lust, I'm going to try not to lust, then I, I find myself where I'm staying on defense. But if I say, you know what, I'm going to practice self-control, I'm going to actively pursue self-control what does that look like to pursue self-control that might that might start at the at the soda fountain you know hey i'm not going to have five you know five refills uh i'm not going to eat dessert i'm now i'm practicing self-control and as i do that what i find is that overcoming lust becomes easier because i'm conditioning myself i'm it's like i'm exercising in this way and so that's a that's a little bit the premise of why do i do what i don't want to do Sounds like a really good read for our listeners out there. How do they get their hands on the book? Yeah, it's available everywhere books are sold, you know, Amazon, uh, your local bookstore. If they don't have it, ask them to carry it. But but I've, I've 
I found that most of them, you know, Barnes and Nobles and whatnot, the uh, do carry carry the book. So the the subtitle is "Replace Deadly Vices with Life Giving Virtues," and so I think it's just like the enemy, John ten ten. The enemy comes to uh, steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus says, "I've come so that they might have life and have it to the fullest." And I think sometimes we're 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 trying to not to you know fall into what the devil uses to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus is like, no, there's an abundant life that you can pursue that's available to you right now. What does it look like for you to pursue that abundant life? Do you think there's a reason why it's so hard for us as Christians to really, you know, get into good patterns with um, self-discipline and self-control, those types of things? Like, why is it so hard for us? Yeah, this is another book. I'm, I'm, the book I'm writing on, working on right now, which I'm really excited about, um, the the working title, and this is the first time I've ever said this out loud, I think, is... Um, is is your story has a villain and um and it's really a book on spiritual warfare and i think a lot of times as christians we overlook this reality that we are in a war that we have an enemy and i tell you what like his uh, a primary weapon that they use today when i say they it's weird i'm i'm talking about the demonic realm i'm talking fallen angels i'm talking like the prince of evil on earth uh, a primary weapon that they use is is sexual sin, uh, pornography. I don't, I don't think we realize like these things date back to, you know, rituals in, in ancient, in the ancient world. And, um, that, that God gave us sex as a gift, uh, for the purpose of procreating, like literally bringing life into the world and to bond a husband, uh, to, to his wife and a wife to her husband. And what, what the enemy's done is he's, he said, Hey, I want to take that you know, just the same trick he he used there in Genesis three, and he's saying God is trying to keep pleasure from you, and and he's saying, hey, you can only experience this in the context of marriage, and I'm saying, no, 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 you can have that pleasure right now; it's available to you, and if it's not available to you in the form of a person, you can just look at this two dimensional image, or you can watch this video or this reel, or you know, go over here or experience this, or go to this adult bookstore, or walk into a strip club, or 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 purchase a prostitute a time with a prostitute and it's like it, it's like that's that's the devil perverting and corrupting the things of god so that we might become prisoner to it and then what happens is you as you eat that fruit if you will talking uh, throwing back to the garden of eden then you become a slave to it what i'm trying to tell you right now and, and experientially i've lived this is that jesus christ comes he shows up and 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 he unlocks that cage and he says you're free to get out you don't have to stay in that cage anymore and you're like no no i i, I can't like i can't stop looking at porn i can't stop no, no. And he's like no you can <laughs> you can i've 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 defeated death i've overcome the grave uh i i've you know the the lame walk the blind see the deaf hear the mute speak i i can heal you the doors open walk out and as you trust him and you walk out of that cage, he hands you a key. And that key is your story. And it's like what I'm doing right now. This is, I'm using my key. Like I'm using my story because I've been there. I mean, I've, I have called in sick to work, to binge on porn before I was in ministry, before I was a believer, I, I was in corporate America and I would call in sick just so I could stay home and, and binge on porn all day. And so I have found freedom. And, and I have this story. And so what happens is you lift your eyes and you look up and you just see all of these people in cages. 
They're in cages just like the one you were in. And now you have this story that you can walk up to that cage and you can share your story and share the gospel and you can open that door just like Jesus did for you. And you can say, hey, come out of there. You don't have to stay in that cage. And you can tell them that they have a story and then they share their story and then more people are set free. And that's that's what's happening is as we're we're defeating darkness, we're on the front lines against the prince of evil who who is using sexual sin. And even like some of it for for our listeners, it's not something you did. It was something that was done to you. Maybe you're a victim of something that you think you can never speak out loud. Maybe your addiction to pornography is rooted in something that happened to you when you were little or or you know something that you participated in uh, early in life or as a teenager or i i don't know what what your story is but i i am telling you there is freedom and and when you say i'm committed to, to taking this with me to my grave to not talking about it you are really saying i'm committed to staying a slave i'm committed to staying a prisoner and i don't mean to use such harsh words but i just don't have a lot of time with you and i'm calling you to freedom and i'm telling you you're not going to surprise me there's not a single person listening to this right now that's going to tell me anything that i haven't heard i've heard the craziest most insane perversion saddest crippling stories you can imagine. And I have seen those people that God's taken their mess and made it their message and even their ministry. And he does it all the time. And it does require you taking a courageous step, a step that you're not ready to take candidly. You're not going to feel ready. It's not going to feel safe. It's going to be so uncomfortable. But as you begin to take that step, you're going to experience a freedom that's going to give you a life that you didn't even know was possible. And that's that's what I would would call you to. That's why I think the scriptures call you to. Well, Amen. Preach it, preach it. That's good. That's good. So, Pastor, if our listeners want to hear more of this, if they want to hear some of your sermons or your podcast or, or get in touch with you, where would they do that at? Yeah. So every Friday I do something called Friday Q and A, and you can ask anything. Like there's nothing off limits. It's stuff that you know people aren't typically comfortable asking a pastor, and so that's via Instagram. It's at J Pakluda. Pakluda is my last name. So at J P O K L U D A. Um, JonathanPakluda.com, if that is probably the easiest to, to remember. Um, our most messages are archived at harriscreek.org, which is where I have the privilege of serving today. But those are just some ideas. The books are out there in the world, anywhere. Like I said, books are sold. But yeah, my heart, I don't, I'm not in this to sell books. I'm not in this to, to try and make money or, you know, build a kingdom for myself. Uh, I'm 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 human, and I'm sure my motive is mixed in ways I'm not even aware of. But I, I hope my heart is primarily to help people come to know the grace of the gospel and and to walk as disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. It's amazing. Your authenticity just shines through, and it's beautiful that you have such a heart to serve people, especially in this tough topic. You know, because mm. it is such an intimate, deep sin. You know that so many of us have walked, uh, you know, and carried with us. So, thank you for all that you're doing to help people. Um, the Q and A that sounds amazing, and yeah. wow, like that that you must get all sorts of questions. What is all kinds? You know, some something kind of interesting that's happened in that Q and A session that you want to share with our listeners. That's been kind of unusual or fun or different for you? Yes. Yeah, so I get a, 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 about 2000 questions every Friday. Uh, so that some, that means I've received over half a million questions. I've answered, I'll answer um, anywhere from 50 to a hundred every Friday. And, you know, there's always the, the repeat I, I say there on, um, you know, faith, finances, friendship, the future, 
dating relationships, Gen Z, millennials, uh, sex, dating, um, all the things. And so uh, I'm trying to, you know, the interesting ones, gosh, I'm trying to think what would be an interesting one to share. Every now and then there's one I'm like, wow, I've never been asked that before, but it's, it's escaping me right now. But they're typically like around, I mean, just you know, stuff that people are like, hey, I don't know where I can ask this like is this kind of sex okay is this okay in marriage is this okay you know how far is too far like all of that those are the the ones that people are usually surprised like i can't believe you answered that like what they don't have anywhere else to go you know where are they going to go and ask these questions so friday q and a's become the safe place to do that that's amazing and so good and so needed because you're right if they don't get answers from their pastor they're going to go seek them out online and lord yeah. knows what's out there we don't need people looking for the answers yeah, out there for sure. so that's great well you know we're bringing today's episode to a close and we just want to thank you for joining us jp this has been a great yeah. conversation and we appreciate all the work that you're doing and um in closing is there anything you want to just leave our listeners with before we sign out for the day yeah i just think you know in in a in a message like that in some of the things we're talking about, I know that the enemy, you know, he can come alongside you and just, you know, say things like you're worthless. You're never going to get well. You've tried this before. You know, God's mad at you. He's far. Sin always makes us feel like we're far from God. What I, what I read in the Bible is that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's Romans 8, 1. It says in 1 Corinthians that, that God is no longer counting your sins against you. So the way that you live in this reality that God is not counting your sins against you is, is if he's paid for all of those sins on his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. And so if I could leave you with anything, it would be to, if you haven't, to trust fully in the death of Jesus Christ as a payment for your sins and the resurrection of Jesus Christ as your hope for the future and to ask his Holy Spirit to live inside of you and with you to, to help you find a healing and a life that you didn't know was even possible or available to you. And so that's that's what I see in the scripture that we can believe upon the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and that nobody gets to heaven because they were good Nobody gets to heaven because they tried hard. Nobody gets to heaven because they went to church or they lived, you know, they did the right things. The only person who goes to heaven is the person who's been forgiven of their sins because they trusted in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so that's what I would invite you into. If you, if you've stayed with us this far, if you're still listening, if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, uh, I, I'm telling you, your biggest problem is not that you're a porn addict. Your biggest problem is not your sexual addiction. Your biggest problem is not your past. Y your biggest problem is that you haven't received the grace of God through his son, Jesus Christ. And that's available to you right now. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be somewhere special. You can receive that right now simply by believing on his death and resurrection for the forgiveness of your sins. Well, JP, again, thank you for joining us today. That's uh, yeah. been a, a great message, some great words. And uh, to our listeners, thank you for joining in and hit uh, hit like on this. And uh, we'll be back here again next week with, uh, with another guest. But uh, Jonathan, again, thank you for yeah. your work. And we'll look forward to seeing, uh, seeing you again sometime. Absolutely, guys. Thank you all. Thanks for having me. All on. right. Thank Thanks. you. God bless.